Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. But I think it's really, really important to have a proper objective at the start of a campaign. I think sometimes people rush to the solution. We need to do PR. Actually, why do you want to do it? Who do you want to reach through your PR? So we always start at the end. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor podcast. And today I'm joined by Jessica Morgan. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. Um, We're going to talk today about PR. And I thought... After I saw you doing a presentation at Flexa, um, there was some amazing content in there for operators. And I think what's important for our listeners to understand is that this isn't just textbook PR. This is from experience because you work with uh, commercial property investors, with operators in our space on doing PR. So who better to talk about it? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. Okay, so let's just start with the basics. Um, before we get into some more detail for people to actually walk away with some tangible stuff they can go and do, what is the point in doing and focusing on PR? What what are some of the tangible benefits or things you've seen operators gain from working on a decent PR strategy? Sure. Well, good question. Um, and actually, it's the first thing we always ask people. Why do you want to do PR? which could sound unusual, but I think it's really, really important to have a proper objective at the start of a campaign. I think sometimes people rush to the solution. We need to do PR. Actually, why do you want to do it? Who do you want to reach through your PR? So we always start at the end. Um, I think the second thing is that people often do it um, as a kind of generating new business tactic you know opening a opening a space trying to fill it attracting um local businesses etc which is really great but that's actually only one of the objectives um so we talk about um a range of different objectives and it could be um, something as simple as uh, recruitment you know you might want to find great people to work with you so actually raising your profile is is really really important it could be filling the space and announcing to the world that you have a, a space to come to um, it could be for current clients because actually people in your building want to know that you're doing a good job, that you're in an exciting space. They like to see that. It's a kind of um, confirmation, really, that they've chosen the right space. Um, it could be for lapsed clients, you know, maybe someone who was in your space before who's maybe fallen out of favor with you and actually wants to come back and see now that you're dog friendly or you're offering outdoor learning or whatever it is. So. I think there are really a range of reasons to do it. And I think uh, YPR in particular, um, I think it allows you to pack a real punch as a small operator. Mm -hmm. I think if you're thinking about doing a radio ad or a TV ad, you know, that's amazing for 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 kind of generating, um, you know, generating um, content that people will hear and see. But actually, you're talking about thousands and thousands of pounds. PR doesn't need to cost that much if you've got a really exciting release that can go out to local media or even further afield 
it's actually you're just paying for that project you're paying for that person to kind of give you advice help craft the message pitch out generate the coverage so I think as a small business is something that you can do relatively affordably okay so maybe we should just confirm for listeners and, and forgive me for, for some of you listening I think I'm asking some basic questions here but you know press releases yeah. are specifically that aren't they they're for their information you're putting out there through the press for as you say for example being a launch or an activity that you're doing but essentially it's not necessarily although these things come into it it's not putting together a social media release it's actually yeah. talking to the press so yeah yeah do you want to just go into that a little bit more yeah sure so um i think another that that's a really really good um uh, question actually because we do generally work with a lot of people who haven't done PR or yeah. maybe they've done it once and you know or, or maybe it hasn't really been done to the standard they want so it's a really um, a really good point to understand what the press release is for that is where you put your story and what you consider news it's not necessarily the end news story yep. so a press release really is a document where um, and we try and keep it kind of short kind of a side a side and a half of a4 it's where all the key bits of information about what you hope is your story uh, is kept uh, are kept and that is then pitched into the press um some people in the pr world don't even like press releases they pitch differently they pitch with information bullet points i think a press release really allows you to understand exactly what your story is and be really single-minded so that we always use press releases. We might not pitch with them. We might have a conversation with a, a journalist before we send them a press release. Um, but ultimately, it's really important to kind of hone your story, make sure it's really single-minded, really punchy. And that's where this written press release document comes in. Yeah. And we're, we're gonna we're gonna go through some of that later on, right? Some yeah. some meaty things <laughs> that people can actually use themselves. Absolutely. But just, but just just to go maybe just set a little bit more context here, you um maybe you could just talk to us just about some of the different operators, not obviously giving names, but the different types of businesses that you've worked with. Um, and maybe just some of the projects that have had some real tangible results. Yeah, of course. Um well, I guess the main um, big company, big organization we work with is Flexa, as you said, which now yeah. represents over a thousand flexible workspaces across the UK. So yeah. through Flexa, we've obviously had um, contact with so many different operators, which has been really interesting from the very small to the very large. Um, and then we've worked directly with um, operators who've maybe had one or two locations. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a quite a big step, isn't there, from your kind of your first one to branching out. Yep. And that's quite a key point at which you might want to do some PR. Um, we've worked with some bigger ones which are expanding. Um, we tend to get involved when um, companies are making a change. So maybe there's a, a change at the top um, in their management or maybe they're expanding into a new territory. So, for example, um, if you were either the first time that an operator is going into a new city could be a really interesting point at which you could um, you could kind of PR it. So really, if they're very known in, in one city, it's great. But actually moving into, say, Bristol the bristol market which is local to us um people haven't heard of them so that's yeah. a really good point at which you can do pr and um firstly i'd say that we wouldn't really get involved in in something that we don't think will get coverage 
So um, it might might kind of sound obvious, but I think some people will take on um, projects and kind of say, yeah, of course, we'll do that. You know, take the money, generate nothing from it. You know, that's certainly not what we're about. We will say, actually, we need to find the angle here. So so that is an obvious angle. Like I said, moving into a new city, raising awareness amongst a new target audience, um, showing them what you offer versus other operators in the area. So those are all really, really key things. Um, I've got one example of a company that was moving into Birmingham for the first time. Yep. Um, and they were generally working around the southeast. So the first time they went to Birmingham. So it was our job to to kind of find the right press to go to. And it was very much a kind of Birmingham business story. So there's there's various press that we work, work with anyway. So we knew some of them. Um, but the other thing was, it was, um, you know, it, it, the, we needed to find something particularly interesting and special about this this company, because actually there were lots of other um, flexible workspace operators in, in the area. And we established that you could take your dog into the office. Yep. So um, for us, some pa- some places would just take it as a straight, you know, new operator moving into this area, really exciting. And other places like Birmingham Live, for example, were much more um, discerning and needed something that was very new so we worked out you know dog friendly office central birmingham and that ended up being a big (laughs) a big story so and that made an impact you know so people people saw it and people picked up the phone and inquired about it so yes yeah that's interesting so it's not about trying to appeal to dog owners to come and take (laughs) an office space it's just the hook that you needed to get the actual release out there yeah yeah exactly hook is really important and i think that's part of what we do and what any PR would do um, that isn't always talked about. It's not just a case of someone handing you a story and you going to like speak to the press about it. You actually have to make sure it's a, it is a proper newsworthy yeah. story before pitching in. Great, great, great point to pitch that because we're going to dive in now to some of the key elements. But just before we do, I think what's really interesting, you, you're talking there about local and moving into different markets and quite often, <clears throat> I'm making an assumption here, but certainly for myself, PR initially I thought was more of a national thing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's about being very targeted and specific on a local market, which I think would appeal to a lot of our listeners who's developing their own project, a small project in a particular area. And this is really relevant to you because it's about becoming established in a specific market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really good point. Um, I think people instantly think you know the times or you know the Sunday yes. times or the economist you know that's what you think when you think of PR you think of lots of you know it's it honestly you know when when I did the the flexor conference I think I used a slide kind of saying what is PR what it what does it mean to you there's a lot of negative connotations people think spin and you know making stuff up and bribing journalists or whatever and, and actually generally speaking it can be a really kind of hard-working discipline and I love the local press. I think it's it's a really, really key part of, of our kind of media infrastructure. Um, it's really important. It's where we turn to for the news in our area. And certainly if you're looking for a workspace, you know, it's natural that you want to be in the local area. You yep. want to look for something. And um, yeah, so I think local is something that people should not turn their noses up. When we do press we we try and do national for ourselves but we generally do quite a lot of local press because although we work nationally um local press really works for us in the kind of bristol and bath area so um i know it can work really hard so um yeah absolutely do you know do look to local press if you're trying to to reach you know an audience in your area 
Okay, so let's get into some of the key elements. And you've already mentioned one, which is starting with the end in mind. Actually think about what you're trying to do this for, what you're trying to achieve. And then I think the next one really is more about understanding your customer. Yeah. Maybe and, and where, where they show up. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you through that? Yeah, of course. And um, I think, um, uh, again, people make assumptions, don't they? Um, and and I often say to people, you know, your target audience isn't you. <laughs> you know, people, I don't know, we'll talk about them reaching a certain kind of type of company, for example, and they'll say, oh, you know, they'll never read that. And, you know, actually, you've really got to delve into their motivations and, you know, and, and what they're about, really, and, and think very, very carefully about who you're trying to attract and try not to Try not to just use instinct, you know, try and understand exactly if you are trying to go after um, a local business audience, you know, think what kind of size of business, um, where they might already be. Are they working from home? Are they working in a, a different kind of environment? Um, you know, what industries are they working in? Because uh, often a certain type of industry would lend itself to working in this space. So I think there's a really, um, you know, a really important part of um, the role is 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 understanding exactly who you're trying to reach. Um, you don't need to come to a PR with with your target press in mind. I mean, you can discuss it. That's absolutely fine. But that is definitely the job of the press person, the PR. Um, but but you should definitely have a conversation uh, about who you are trying to reach. So I think in the presentation, I, I talked about some research, didn't I? Some kind of media research. Yeah. Um, and if people don't know where to start, I think I went through some some ideas around defining your target media. So some good ways to do it, you know, have a look at your audience and what they're already sharing online. So on LinkedIn, what kind of articles are they sharing? So, for example, there's there's a whole set of small business press, for example, like smallbusiness.co.uk and SME press. Um, and and often people find really pertinent articles and they're sharing those online. So those are definitely worth targeting. Um, what are competitors sharing as well? I'm sure we've mm -hmm. all got um, competitors in mind. Um, there's always someone when I when I start talking to clients, there's always someone they're like, oh, so and so we're always doing this or they're, they're always sharing this have a look at what they're sharing learn from them you know try and understand um i think um you know think about different types of media as well so obviously local press really really yeah. important but it could be local female press for example if it's if you're trying to kind of target a particular audience there's diverse press um you know for different elements of society as well so I think you can do quite a lot of the legwork and the research yourself as well. As I say, if you're working with a PR, then they can do that. But even um, on your own, just kind of looking around at what people are sharing and interacting with is a really good first step. Great. I, you, you, I need to ask you a question. <laughs> this has been going on in the background of conversation. Oh dear. <laughs> so no, 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 no. Se customer segregation, right? So do you find that, um, I mean, it's probably different for everybody, but do you find that specific operators are focusing in on a particular type of audience? And what I mean by that is a profession or a sector, or are they more focusing on the need that maybe small businesses have? Or can be quite, can be quite difficult, can't it? Because some, yeah. some operators say, well, we're just going to focus on health and well-being, or we're just going to focus on yeah. software. Yeah. And you know, it cuts out a lot of people that could have been customers. And yeah. do you find that, yeah, I'm really interested, intrigued to know your your, yeah. your 
experience there where the people get ultra specific or actually in the end of the day it's not about that it's more about the need and the the type of space that you have yeah that's that's a really really good point and and actually i think um marketing and pr can treat customer audiences quite differently so you can be more targeted with marketing you know you can actually just go after you can identify every single health and well-being firm in your local area within a you know x mile catchment area and you could target them um, with you know direct marketing or whatever Uh, pr is much more broad brush so i think the target audiences are really important and really key but only in as far as they dictate what kind of publications people might be reading but I wouldn't just be so narrow, especially if we start working with someone. I encourage them not just to go after yep. two or three titles. And and actually, if you don't get coverage in there, then leave it. Actually, try and be broader because there is a wealth of publications and they all cross over. So I think, I think whereas with marketing, you can be incredibly targeted. I think PR gives you the opportunity to be much broader. And, and we talk about proactive and reactive as well. I think that's a really important point. So... With your press release, for example, you could be really proactive and go after certain publications, but you also need to be ready to react to the news. So something comes out that's really relevant for your business, um, you might give a comment and that could be in a national or it could be in a kind of um, a much bigger publication. And again, you shouldn't sit there and go, oh, should I, shouldn't I? If you've got a relevant point of view and you think it might work in your favor, absolutely. So I think you should, um, you know, you you have your target audience in mind, but I think you should think about casting your net quite widely with PR, and that's what gets you the better results. Great. Okay. So we've talked about um, why you're doing it, who are your customers, where are they showing up. Now we need to ask you give something that they're going to want, right? Yeah. <laughs> and more importantly, well, not more importantly, but just as important is that it's something a journalist is going to want. So yeah. Maybe maybe we should talk through that. Just some of the key elements that people need to consider when they're putting together some kind of press release yeah of course of course so i've got specific kind of press release golden rules but in terms of generally what the media want this is always absolutely fascinating and it's always a section where people are like oh really you know um so seven golden rules from my side so firstly they want interesting relevant current news Mm -hmm. um you know, this is where this filtering process comes in that I mentioned. So actually, sometimes people will come and say, you know, this is this is the story. This is what I've got. And and we'll have to say, well, I'm not sure if it is necessarily a story at the moment or it's not saying something very newsworthy. Um, There's often the timely element with news. So actually, you know, while we were all talking about kind of hybrid working, for example, and it was like front of mind, that was a great time to talk about hybrid. Maybe a couple of years later, launching a hybrid space might not be quite as newsworthy you might have to work a little bit harder to do that so there's always a why are we doing this at this time and the media always want evidence to back up what you say words like leading operator (laughs) you know how are you leading you know what 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 kind of um, what list of leading operators is this that you're drawing for so always have evidence they want strong opinion and originality so um, it's not about giving a kind of bland response or or kind of, um, you know, being somewhere in the middle, sitting on the fence. Actually, you know, you don't have to get involved in every debate. But if there's something you feel passionately about, you know, get involved in that debate. If you really strongly feel dogs should be allowed in every single office, you know, and they're allowed in all of your offices, then say that and say why, why it benefits. Yeah. Um, diversity is, is really important. So try not to think about... Um, your your kind of your standard 
um you know there's a lot there's a the the property industry is quite kind of male and and maybe older male and that's you know that's fine that's the way it is but that means that there's an opportunity for kind of female commentators or a person of color to come in um, and talk about things and actually they'll be looking to um, to kind of really broaden their coverage and, and feature a real diverse range of voices so bear that in mind really if you think about a commentator they like profiles so they like existing profiles and that's why you tend to open up the pages of a publication and see the same people because they consistently deliver um, consistency is also really important and speed of response I think this has been a bit of a theme of working with some operators you know they're very very busy and if they haven't done PR before you know they can't make it a priority to get you a, a picture of their latest workspace yeah. really really quickly but actually the media are expecting it um, so really you can't wait to speak to a journalist until next week you know you have to be kind of be ready to speak to them to give a quote or to give an image and then I think finally is social media engagement I think um, you know that is so important now and people talk about clickbait don't they and, and that kind of thing but uh, really every single story that they put out online because they often put it out in the paper in the magazine and online as well will be looked at and and people will see how engaged people were so if you are featured in a publication share that on LinkedIn or Twitter tag the journalist tag the publication try and broaden the reach of it um, because then they'll think oh that performed really really well I'll come back to that person again so bear in mind that it's kind of two bites of the cherry with a piece of coverage. It's not just putting it out there and not doing anything with it. Yeah, that's really interesting because you brought back to social media, which I, I mentioned at the start. And it that's more about building relationship, isn't it, with the um, with the journalists so that you, they will come back to you and you then become the person they actually come to for those sorts of points. But that just yeah. takes time, doesn't it, to build up that relationship and that trust? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes there is a kind of instant rapport um, not all of my clients speak to the press all the time, speak to mm -hmm. journalists. And I think it's important to make that point because some people will sit there going, oh, I don't want to speak to the press. I don't <laughs> want to speak to journalists. And that's yes. absolutely fine. There's, you know, there are more than one ways to do this and that's no problem at all. But if you are confident enough and we always give some media training, you know, we never just put someone in and kind of let them, let them roll with it. We always go through it first. Um, if you feel confident enough to do that, you probably will be able to raise your profile more quickly. And as you say, they'll come back to the same the same people. So as an example, we've got um, someone at the moment who's talking about a report on some data in offices in a certain area. And the journalist is from a prominent property publication and um, slightly missed the boat on the first report, but they're formulating another report just for this journalist. And she's waited till the this quarter to talk to them and hopefully we'll do a kind of an exclusive story all around this report. They've spoken once, they've built up that trust. We've kept that relationship going and they're speaking again uh, later this week, actually. So, um, you know, that's a really good example of, of kind of being confident enough to do that and building that relationship. And then hopefully she'll come back to this person time and time again. But just to bring it back to your own business and your reason why, one of the things that you mentioned was your brand and the brand image and just having real clarity on what it is you're trying to um, put out there as your brand image. Otherwise, it could become a little bit confusing. Yeah. Um, do you want to just talk through that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, and I probably should say at this point, we, we are also the um, PR consultants for Spaces to Places. Um, okay. And they do yeah. a lot of branding work um, yeah. uh, with with operators and they're experts in this area. So so working hand in hand with them has been important. 
Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's really important from a from a, any kind of communication point of view to have that differentiation, to have that USP, a unique selling point. Um, and and I think it's very easy to, to think you're offering something new, but not necessarily interrogate that. Um, it's it's important to um, it's important for PR, but it's important in general to understand why someone would go with you. Why would they choose you? Why would they give you their money um, over everyone else in the marketplace? And from our point of view, one of the first things we do with clients is a messaging session. It's called a three lens messaging session, and it's um, kind of inside out, outside in and hindsight. And it really is a deep dive into you, your brand, the people who work in in the uh, operator, you know, and everything around the outside as well and, and seeing where your place in the market is. And and often people have gone through branding exercises and, you know, and they talk about their brand, um, but they need to be able to articulate that, I guess, really quickly. And we do as well from a PR point of view. So it's very important to interrogate that, even if they come with a kind of ready-made shiny brand, it's important for us to kind of delve a little bit deeper and go, okay, but what does that really mean? And how is that different from this operator or that operator? So I think um, the brand work is is really, really key. And if you've got a strong brand that's different and is offering something slightly different to the marketplace, be it, I don't know, every office has a kind of meditation room or, you know, the dog friendly element or you offer free lunches once a week, whatever it is. Yeah, that's a really great thing to kind of hand your hang your hat on and say, we are the only operator who does this. Um, and it, it, you know, it might not be that you can afford to do something very grand. It might be something really small that you do that we can identify and say, okay, that kind of sets you apart. So it's the brand and it's also what the brand delivers, I guess, that's important. Right. Okay. So we've, we've talked about brand, who your target audience are, what you're trying to do with this, and then a little bit about what journalists are after. So relevance, evidence of what you're talking about, having a strong opinion, some originality, diversity, good copy. The pitching element will come on to, um, as I say later on, but the other key element here, I think, is this is the headline. And this is one that I really struggle with myself. It's just how do you when you're doing social media posts, you know, what do you need to have in there? What's the key elements to make this make it? So the headline is either. I mean, in the first instance, that it's picked up by the journalist as this is interesting. So what what, what are some of the tips you would give for somebody trying to work, make a craft a newsworthy headline? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so we often write the headline last, nice. um, you know, in a press release and actually get the, I mean, I say that in theory, I do actually in practice, I love writing a headline, so <laughs> <laughs> I probably will dive in, but I work with a number of other people and, and especially those who haven't been doing it for as long. If they're struggling with the headline, I say, write it last, you know, put down your kind of key points of the story. And I think we won't go through the structure of a press release in detail, but I think, the first paragraph is the story in a nutshell. So really the headline could be a slightly condensed version of that. Um, it does depend. So social media is slightly different because I think you can be more kind of on brand for that and you can be more, you know, you have to be quite uniform, don't you? Because actually you're reaching everyone with that um, one post on LinkedIn. We do social media as well. So it's a slightly different tone. In terms of press, you can tailor that headline for a different publication. So, for example, um, 
if you were pitching to the sun, uh, which we do sometimes, but you know, not all the time. But if there was an incredibly quirky story about, yeah. I don't know, everyone everyone going to work naked one day in a flexible <laughs> workspace, <laughs> you never know, you know, it could happen. And trying to raise awareness of, you know, nudity month or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you, I would look at the headlines that have been in the sun recently and I would craft the headline as if I was a sun newspaper writer. Um, if I was pitching into, yeah, Birmingham Live, like I said, with that kind of dog-friendly um, office space, I'd look at recent um, stories by the journalist I was pitching into and try and kind of craft my headline to be a little bit like that. So I think you can be flexible with it. Um, I think things, golden rules are things like uh, stats are always amazing. So if you're if you're pitching a growth story to the press about, you know, having grown 200%, if you can put that in the headline, if you've just passed the one million pound turnover mark or whatever it is, put that in the headline. You know, think stats, impressive stats and money always grabs attention and grabs headlines. We did some work with someone um, kind of post-pandemic or kind of during pandemic, I guess, about uh, a really, really honest interview around um, as an operator, how 75% of their business kind of dropped overnight at the first lockdown and it was you know very very scary but amazingly they managed to build it back up and that 75 percent headline was you know was up front yeah. and, and really really kind of captured attention so so it's it's trying to be punchy and impactful and, and not being afraid to get inspiration from elsewhere if you're struggling a bit okay so just finishing off with um like back to the start there some of the reasons you would do this you mentioned about launching a new property um working in a new area developing out a new product but mm. also sometimes press releases can be used for maybe damage limitation there might be something yeah. going on that you need to get in front of is yeah. there any any examples or things you can maybe just shed a light on that particular element well we've had to do some crisis communications yes. um, quite recently for example um i I think you I think that you tend to try and keep the positive stories to the press releases mm. um, for a crisis situation. It is a good idea to talk to someone because a lot of this stuff I say, yeah, definitely. You can do it yourself. Here are some rules. I think I mentioned on the um, presentation, we've got over 100 blogs on our website that you can just use and you know do it yourself, which is fab. I think crises are um, make or break situations and I think it is a good idea to to speak to someone uh, to get a second opinion someone professional um, generally speaking it's about establishing the facts very quickly so something bad happens or terrible happens uh, really try and understand exactly what's happened and and you know what the facts are and what's going to be done to mitigate the circumstances and then prepare a statement as well and and this statement should be short and factual uh, everything you know. I don't want to give examples of crisis yeah, comms of because <laughs> it might um, <laughs> it might lead people to kind of googling or you know it's it's not fair on on some people. But essentially, um, yeah, short and factual, and the statement is your own as well. Remember, if you do have to give a statement to press about something, um, you know, sometimes journalists will say, "Can you give me a statement?" and "Can you tell me this, this, and this?" Actually, you don't have to follow their rules for the statement. The statement is your own as long as it's factual. It's really not hiding anything. Um, and as I say, it's generally short, then that's fine. And that's your statement. You can stick to it. Even if you asked for another statement, actually, if the story hasn't moved on, that is your statement and stick to it. And then generally speaking, it's a case of lying low for a bit and going quiet. And then hopefully bad situation has passed. Everything is kind of 
um, come a bit more rosy and then it's about positive stories out there it's not about hiding anything it's not about you know um, kind of brushing over it you do have to address things head on um, but generally speaking they're blips in the road and they're mistakes that people make and they own up and they move on okay right last question for me just now before because what we're going to do we're going to come back we're going to come back in a week or two and talk specifically about how to pitch right and where to find um, the right people to pitch to brilliant but just going back to that mindset of right i'm a new operator here i've got all these channels to potentially find customers whether it's online brokers doing social media putting out press releases putting up signage da, 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 loads and loads of different things where do you think um pr sits with that because some people will look at that and say well actually i can do some social media myself mm. i can put some sign up it's going to cost me money but it's there forever yeah um press release sometimes you think well it's just slightly less tangible where yeah. do i see the actual benefit so so what would you say to someone who's starting out they maybe got a new site they've mm -hmm. not been established in that market and they're trying to get that establishment what, what, what would you say to them about the pr element yeah no interesting um first of all i'd say let's have a chat because i always have a kind of half an hour chat with someone who's interested yep. um and probably ask them a few questions about why they want to do it and what they want to achieve and and try and establish quite quickly if there is something interesting and if there is a story there and also try and establish where it might go as well because if it is a, a kind of general new space but maybe nothing particularly different about it no massively new branding or offering or whatever it might be a kind of local story on some business sites etc it might not make yeah birmingham live for example if it was in birmingham but if there was a a bigger angle it might make those kind of publications um I mean, you you get out what you put in sometimes. So I think mm -hmm. the more work up front to understand exactly what it is and kind of craft it, the more you will get out. Also, I've talked quite a lot about kind of launch releases and, and small bursts of activity. If you do it for a, a small sustained period, and I'm not saying you have to pay a massive retainer for months and months and months, but if you could think about it as like a three month burst, then you can actually think about the different activity you could do. So for example, you could do the launch release that might get X, Y, and Z. You could then see if you could do a follow-up interview about what you're bringing to the area with a new site um, or some kind of business profile about the owner, if they've got some interesting angles, et cetera. Um, then you might do something a bit further down the line about a charity event that you're holding there and you're welcoming people in. So I think you can actually build up the story with PR and I think mm -hmm. that's where it sits. And I think the other thing is it, it does work really, really well as part of a marketing mix, as we mentioned, and as I said, spaces, spaces, and then we work with other marketing people as well who bring a lot to it. I think I think PR has the potential to reach a much wider audience really. So, um, so really if you're putting things out on social media, you are talking to your followers and you're hoping that that will get shared more widely and building yeah. up a follower base, but that's probably quite limited. You know, PR could reach kind of a couple of thousand people with one story. Um, so, uh, you know, and I think the other thing that when you're talking about untangible, I think people think that, and it's absolutely, I understand it kind of goes into the ether and what happens. We track everything and all the coverage that we receive for clients. We've got a, 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 a kind of um, platform called Coverage Book where everything gets tracked. And there are metrics on every piece of coverage. So there's kind of how many eyeballs does the uh, algorithm anticipate have actually seen the coverage? How many times has it been shared socially? What's the domain authority, which means how authoritative is the site it's been featured on, et cetera. So good job done. 
it will be there sitting yeah. so you can see how it's performed. Okay, brilliant. All right. So just on that, um, Jessica, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your own business, how people can find you. You mentioned there, um, Zoe, we've talked about it a couple of times as well. Maybe you could just chat through that, how that relationship works. Yeah, of course. So um, we work on our own clients as well. So we're called Consight Communications. Uh, we stand for practical, powerful PR, talking about our, our brand um, and communications. And that's for the industry. So that's for the property industry. And we work yep. with other other kind of small to medium sized businesses as well. Um, we work alongside spaces to places on dedicated um, uh, property clients. And and we provide any PR services that that their company needs. So if they're working with someone um, who in the in the marketing or social media space, we'll come in if there's a PR project. And as I say, we will often kind of say, "What's the story?" and "Is there something to talk about?" and work like that. Um, we work on projects or retained clients. We're we're small. There's five of us, so. Um, you know, we can still work on the very kind of small but interesting projects as well as doing more retained um, yep. projects. So that's that's when we kind of work month on month with someone to kind of build the story. Um, and uh, yeah, you can reach us um, via our website, which is carnsite.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Fantastic. OK, Jessica, thanks for that. We're going to come back and talk about pitching um, on a later episode. But for now, thank you so much for joining. It's been really interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you.